Hey, Dan, how's it going? Hey, Merlin, how are you doing this week? Well, you know, um, thanks for coming by. You know what? Um, nice to see you. Always looking good, looking looking very suave. <laughs> I've I've got you know I I, I uh, signed up for that shaving thing where they send you razors every month. <laughs> You've seen this? Like a shaving? <laughs> no, thing. I haven't seen. It's it. a new shaving thing you can sign up for, and they send you razors every a month. A shaving thing. It's a shaving thing. Do they come like, and shave you too? I might as well every Gillette, month. Might as well just just bend me over anything they can find and just laugh. But you don't even <laughs> shave. You're always see, unshaven. See, this is the problem. This is why I joined the shaving thing. And now they send me razors every month. Well, the thing is they're a little behind because the shaving thing got popular. So it starts in May. But I've stopped even shaving now. Now what I do is I take my little Norelco dealy and I, I just, I do this Don Johnson thing. Is that how you pronounce that? Is that racist? And I just get it as short as I can. I put it on one. Yeah. And then I don't have to shave as much. It doesn't hurt my daughter. It's like, it's like, uh, it's like the kind of, uh, I'm like the kind of sandpaper you would use on a banister. Like, a, like not a nice banister. Still, I mean... It- I don't. I don't see how it doesn't hurt her. You know what? It might hurt her more. I should. I should think. I should think. Now, are you still have, going up here? Oh, it's massive right now. This does is co- the best. How much of your face does it cover? Hundred percent. Really? You just have to cut eye holes every morning. Yeah, I just just shave a little eye hole out so I can see. <laughs> what do you mean? What percentage? I don't know. How much? What? Whatever how percentage? Of, how do you know where to start? Do you just you <laughs> for know, the eye hole? I was gonna say. Don't you? Isn't it hard because you can't see where to go? And Joel's, Joel's yelling, and you're going, zzz, ow, zzz, ow. <laughs> I don't know what percentage. I need to figure that out. It's a full-on beard. It's a great beard, though. They call it the problem of measuring the coastline of England. That's, that's what they call the problem. Because the more, the more, you, I mentioned that in an email the other day, and you probably didn't know what I was talking about, right? You don't read my emails, do you? Have you sent me an email recently? Here's the thing. If you, if you, it's like uh, with the fractals and the Mandelbrots. You get in, you know, closer, the tighter the measurement is. This is why Florida is so bad. Measurement? Hmm? 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 What'd you say, Asia? You said measurement. Oh, because I'm from Ohio. This is your Ohio thing coming out. Measurement. How do you say it? Measurement. That's not even a word. (laughs) Measurement. It's pronounced humbucker. Humbucker. (laughs) Humbucker. Shemar Duncan. (laughs) P.A.F. Oh, man. You know, I don't want to change topics. It's too early to change topics. I I bought that thing you told me to buy for the guitar. Yes. That uh, do you love it? The Aperture Jam. I yeah. bought it. I bought it. And you told me, what did you tell me in that text? I was at the Apple Store with my daughter. I said you, you can't handle the Aperture Jam. Because why? Because why? This is too, what did I say? I forget. I think you said. I think you, I think you said in five separate text messages that I didn't have enough jam. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if you do. It's wasted money. It was money. I was gonna, I was going to plug it in and start weeping because yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't rock the, uh, the fake orange. Oh my god, that thing sounds it's great. Well. The iPad thing. You don't even realize it's a world you can't even get into unless you got this dingus. And then once you're in there, you're playing an orange amp. Oh, love it. I love it. I'm recording some of my old songs. It's really fun. You're going to release for these are for release? Hmm? Full, full uh, release? Full release. Full release. It's uh, <laughs> called a 50 50. Um, hmm. <laughs> I put you to that website, didn't I? Why do you know those terms? Are you kidding me? I, I watch movies, I got friends. What do you think Creeper goes to Vegas for? I don't know. Quote, I've never quote, been quote, there. Blackjack. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I don't know what it. I don't know what happens there. You know what he likes to do? Double down and hit on sixteen. That's what you do when you order it. You go in there. You say, "I, I want to hit on 16. What's the point of gambling? Because <sighs> I, I can tell you this: dope. it's not to make money. Anybody who says, "Oh, because I can make money," they're not really a gambler. They're more like a, a professional. 
It, uh, it's, a, it's a dopamine problem. It's uh, a lot of people, well, <clears throat> as you know, I'm not a clinician, but a lot of people who have ADHD, there's a flavor <laughs> of ADHD yeah. that some people we know might have and refuse to acknowledge that uh, makes one want to gamble. Some people have a risky kind of ADHD, but uh, you know, it's a, it's a dopamine thing. Or, or you might be crazy. Did you read about that guy that uh, took the, uh, all the casinos to the cleaners? Did you read about that? No, oh, like he uh, figured out some way to count cards or something? No, no. He did it with pure basic strategy plus this thing where the casinos are starting to like not do very well. And so if you're a high roller, a whale, you can go in there and negotiate like special terms. None of the Indian casino crap. Is that racist? You go in and you get a full, you get a giant ass shoe or a deck or a boot or a dingus. You get, you get a whole bunch of cards, which helps your chances, right? And you, uh, and you play basic strategy, but a lot of these casinos now will agree to cover your losses at a certain point. And so you get like basically free money. And this guy has a strategy that's gotten him banned from every casino. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of your dopamine being soaked into your brain faster than you can bet. It's been, you're you. back. Hey. Hi. Are you a been whale? Been too long. <laughs> Are you a whale? Are you a cetacean before you answer? That's a great word. So, uh, yeah, I love it. It's fun to record. It's very fun. I like all those amps. A lot of amps in there. <sighs> yeah. I don't have a bass. Do you have a bass? A bass guitar? Bass. Yeah, bass guitar. I want to get one. I usually fake it. I usually fake it. I think I'm... Uh, I, but what would you get? Which bass would you get? I used to uh, have a little tiny... Like, it wasn't a Fender Precision. It was like a Fender Imprecision. It was very little. And it was like a three-quarter size bass. And uh, it was great to have around. Because, I mean, if you're just recording at home... Like you don't Fender need like precision a, bass. Fender precision bass. Bass. You know, bass are expensive and, and they're they're hard to store. You don't want to drop the bass either. You should never drop the bass. You should never bomb the bass. You should never let the bass drop. You should never <laughs> uh, steal second bass. You should never attack an army bass. You should never, under any conditions, put bass in your face. <laughs> <laughs> That two live crew guy is doing these days. I don't know. He loved bass. Did you ever know that? He liked Was bass. he the one with the big cl- uh, clock around his neck? I think you're thinking of Diesel 10. Oh, I see. You're talking about Flavor Flav. Flavor Flav, that's him. He reminds Flavor me of somebody. He reminds me of a lot of people. You know, there's a, there's a rich history of sidekicks in music. Did you know that? There's that guy who dances in Happy Mondays, right? There's, uh, there's Bob from Pavement, right? You got all these bands. You got a guy who's like, uh, he doesn't really need to be in the band, but he kind of makes it better. He gets people charged up. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Hmm. Good week? It's been a big week. It is. Can I just tell you, Dan, in point of unique literal fact, it has been a huh, huge week. What's been going on on your, on your side? My neck of the woods. <laughs> Who says that? What's that guy's name? Wilford Brimley? The guy with the hair hat? What's he say? Is that Wilford Brimley? What's his name? Wilford Bilmey is the guy with the big mustache, and he says, I know who has diabetes. <laughs> and he's the one at the post office in Seinfeld. Then what's the name of the guy with the hair hat on the Today Show? Willard, uh, Willard, Willard, Willard Scott? Is that that rat in the movie? That's Rizzo. You're thinking of Rizzo. Okay, I think you're, I think you're thinking of uh, Scott Bakula. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> no, he's great. Bak- he's great. What's the other guy? What's the guy that was in Blue Velvet that was in the Scott Bakula TV show? What's that guy's name? Dean, uh, Dean Stockwell? I Dean think Stan. you're thinking of David Duchovny. Oh, no, 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 no. He was in that uh, TV show I didn't watch. I pronounced Dutchovny. Sen- hmm. Is he from the Netherlands? 
I'm not sure where I was at an aquarium. I don't want to be creepy. Hails but from. I was at an aquarium at the aquarium in Monterey a few years ago, and I saw that guy. I saw the Dean uh, Dean Stockman guy. I saw him Stockwell. I saw him. I didn't want to bug him because he was with his kids. I didn't want to be creepy. But the guy who sings Blue Velvet in the movie, that guy. You know, he's, Dean, he's that Dean he's that. Stockwell. Dean Stockwell. Yes, he does. Doctor Sam Beckett. Beckett. I have so much follow up. Should we blow through it? Let's blow it out. Colon cleanse it. <laughs> You know, if you have a tapeworm, you can wrap it around a pencil. No, you're thinking of a guinea worm, where you guinea have to worm. wrap it around Is a pencil. Is that racist? It's called a guinea worm. It comes out, and you have to ro- reel it out inch by inch. Are you good, sure that's not a tuppence? Like a gentleman. I don't understand money, Dan. Otherwise, it breaks off. <sighs> Ducks. <sighs> I feel bad about Canada. I just feel bad. They can't help it. They're just, that's how they are. Yeah. Yeah. It's a beautiful country. Beautiful. It's a little large. It's a little large for my taste. A little large. I think it's bigger than it needs to be. Well, most of it's uninhabitable, if that makes you feel any better. Is that true? Is it because of the cold or the distance or the poutine? What makes it uninhabitable? I think the distance. Yeah, see? This is why bands don't go there. It takes a long time. You have to drive really far. Macula. Macula. That wasn't him. It was the other guy. It was this Dean Stockman guy. I don't know if he was there for the cetaceans, but he was having... You know what's funny is they do serve fish at the Monterey Aquarium, which is pretty funny. <laughs> But they have this whole, like, every, every, they got table tents that go, it's okay. These are kinds of fish that aren't interesting. <laughs> These are not amusing fish. M- many, of, many of them have, have, have made sex crimes as fish. Some of them are felons. You should not feel bad about eating these little fins. <laughs> Some of them are felons. Felons, fish felons. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good show. That was with Robert Blake. I, um, okay, should we do this? Should we blow through this? Blow it out. Colon cleanse. You ready? Colon cleanse. Start with Amy's? Oh, Amy's, yeah. Let's run with this. Do you want me to run with this? You should run with this because you're the local expert. Amy's ice creams, and are, are they only in Austin or do they have I believe satellite? they are primarily in Austin. Oh, maybe, maybe they're, uh, let me, you know what, I'll have to, I'll have to verify that. Where are their locations? I'm looking right now. Location, San Antonio, Houston, and Austin. But they have multiple locations in each different area. Does Houston, is Houston a real thing? That's not a mass hysteria. That's where the Scarlet anybody? Spider is in Houston now. The who? Scarlet Spider. Hmm. Is it like the Black Dahlia? Uh, Peter Parker's clone, Kane. I thought, I thought Kane was the guy with the uh, face mask that fights Batman. Is that Bane? That's it, Bane. Bane. Hmm. Or Craven, like maybe. Is. We read a thing today where uh, Aquaman had to talk to an octopus. I still don't understand why anybody likes Aquaman. It's really annoying. Amy's ice creams, primarily of Austin, Texas. We just want to announce that officially Buck Bag ice cream is officially out. You can get it. I saw photos on the internet. People are going and they're eating Buck Bag. (laughs) They're eating it. They delivered. Our friend Aaron sent some to our home and it sent my daughter into a total sugar meltdown. (laughs) They have a thing. What's that one? They got one with pecans and cinnamon and honey. That's probably the best thing I've ever eaten. Yeah, I don't know which which one you're talking about. I think it's called Nutbag. What is it called? <laughs> I'm it's sure got, it's not called. That. It's got. I think it's got. It's got Mexican vanilla. Yeah. Right now, by the way, their Mexican vanilla. It's hard to find Mexican vanilla in general, but theirs is really amazing. There apparently Mexican vanilla. There's only a few places that are allowed. This is. I'm not making this up. As ridiculous. No, you gotta, you gotta as get a sounds. license. Yeah, you do. You have to be licensed in order to sell Mexican vanilla, and they sell it, and it is really the best. If you, you know, people always laugh. If you say, well, I just want to like one flavor, like I don't want to mix in, I don't want to the combo, whatever. But if you go there and you just get the Mexican vanilla with nothing, it's mm-hmm. still going to be some of the best ice cream you ever had. 
It's, 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 it's amazing. But I mean, that, I was telling, I'm sorry, my allergies are through the roof. What's wrong with you? <clears throat> There's pollen everywhere here, Dan. We, no one can stop it. I'll snore There's pollen now that I'm paleo. No problem. Nothing. You put it right in you. Yeah, I try you to. A, I want it's called to. called a pollen bump. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pollen ball is when you shoot a it. Pollen bump. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Let's start over. All right. Go ahead, caller. Uh, Amy's, and so anyway, and they sent it, and it's fantastic. Now, ours has CS in it, right? It's got the coconut shavings. It can now be revealed. Yes. You were in, just, speaking in code, and I had a lot of people who, local people. You were people listening in code. Who were telling me, I finally cracked the code. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> real tough code. And you know the best part of the, all of this? I just want to say, so everybody, everybody who's in... Uh, was it San Antonio and Austin and this quote unquote Houston, which I mm-hmm. think might be might be some kind of a fallacy? Uh, go and get yourself some bulk bag. And Amy's they're just they're just super nice uh, people. And we, uh, but you know what they did? They they sent us a thing frozen overnighted to us. They sent us this big thing with a bunch of ice cream. But you know what they included? Uh, like a mason jar of fudge. Oh wow. No, we're not. We're not talking about like a monkey dish. We're we're talking about like my daughter. It's like all she could think about now. She gets the chair and opens <laughs> the freezer and just stares at it, <laughs> like it's the Hope Diamond or something. She doesn't want it warmed up. She just wants the bigger spoon, mommy. All right. God, man. There's no. So it's okay that there's sugar in that, right? Well, I mean, you know, depending on how strict you are with paleo, whether you're more what they call primal diet version of it, do you allow dairy at all? strictest people who eat paleo very very strict of course you would never have sugar you'd never have dairy right. uh, but all of those things are are much much more tolerable than gluten that's really the worst uh so as far as things go if you're if you're going to do a cheat uh from strict paleo dairy and sugar some people would eat those things uh anyway so as an right. you know making an exception for that it's uh, just know your limits you have to, with Amy's, you have to call ahead if you want to get the mix in that has a panini and, a, and corn and potato, because they have to go get that for you. They do. Mm-hmm. This is really good. So if you can get this stuff. Celiac. Got to go and get this. You got to get this. And the, uh, <clears throat> anyway, it is really outstanding, and we're, and we're very grateful to them. And that's, uh, they're at, what, amysicecreams.com. Is that correct? Yeah. You should go and visit it in Chrome for now. It's good. Anyway, thanks to our friend Aaron, who's been super cool with us uh, in doing that. Uh, bulk bag. And you put up a photo of that. This is in show notes. Uh, people can go to show notes and see the photograph you took of the official sign. And what does it say? P- powered by 5x5 five by five TV yeah. or something? Yeah. It's the best. The best. I love a chalkboard. Is that racist? Um, let's move on. Uh, thank you, Amy's. Uh, big big thing this week. Big, big thing. Uh, uh, Micah. Micah W. I don't know how people come up with these usernames, Dan. M-I-C-A-H-W-156. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Micah, Micah W156. Is that that movie with uh, Kirk Cameron? <clears throat> he has put together the, the, he found, he went, he dug into the archives and has found, this might be a Syracuse level of follow up this show. I, okay. I apologize in advance. Um, he dug into the archives of After Dark and discovered the twin origins of both Bluetooth and Bulk Bag. And he's put together a super mix of this that is, uh, did you ever listen to it? I have I have heard this. It made me laugh so hard. It was because you're really funny on it. But it's it's fantastic. It's in show notes. Um, <clears throat> you, should I give it to you so you can give it to the uh, jackals? Oh yeah, yeah, sure. I'll put it. I'll put it in the robot. I'll go on there. I don't with this show. I don't, I stay out of the chat room a lot because the it's it's very negative. Well, there are there is there there are several negative forces in there. And you can't you can't uh, send them to Coventry. I could, but I, I don't know. I'm not really in the business. That's of, not your style. That's not your kick, thing. You're not kick ban is, you know, not my, not my way. 
You got to keep that keep that in your quiver. Anyway, it's really funny because he finds out the uh, the origins of that, and it's 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 actually funnier than I remember. I, I can see why people uh, like ice cream. But then, uh, so so check that out it's in show notes. And then uh, uh, this is wonderful. I saw this yesterday. Maureen Boyle, who was a person on the internet with a Squarespace site. God bless you, Maureen. Uh, saw saw the bulk bag uh, Bluetooth remix. God, I hope this is not the first episode someone's listening to. This this should be a stroke test, Dan. If you can listen to this and think it's normal, like like something that people would listen to. Do, do you know how many people listen to our show, Dan? Offhand, I don't. I don't know. Hmm. It's a lot. Hmm. It is a lot. It's more than more than I thought. It's more than I thought. I mean, it's you could fit most of them into an SUV. I mean, you know, <laughs> it depends they, on how many rows. If they dropped a couple pounds, Maureen Boyle, and uh, so this is in show notes too. She did a, a her uh, a really nice thing, which is her five by five back to work. Back, I'm sorry, back to work starter edition, where she went in and she went into S one E one. Which, yes, thank you very much. I know you guys like that episode better than any other one. But she went in and did a, a little maxi mix. I think she took out all the text mate. So. Um, that's in show notes. Thank you to Maureen for doing that. But if you want to have your friends understand what this show is theoretically about, that's a good place to start. We're almost done. Uh, Williams, who actually has a, has a real name. Did you know Williams has a real name? Yes. He messages me almost incessantly whenever we are on, a, on the... Ugh, what a jerk. I know. That's hard. If he wasn't I'm such a... Such a fan of people like to communicate with me. A healthy helperton. I, I don't know what, what we would... He's a nice guy, though. He's a super nice guy. You can't and, tell from the picture, but he's really tall. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Continue on next photo. He's <laughs> Dutch. He might be Dutch. Is that racist? It's pronounced so, Deutsch. Deutsch. Deutschland. Deutschmark. They still don't Deutschmarks. It's all Euros there now, right? Yes. So I just put this on the two uh, internet thing a little while back, but uh, soundboard spelled funny.co uh, in those spaces. <laughs> and you can go, and it's a five by five soundboard. So you can go and you can hear Syracuse say textbook. And it's really fun. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a big week. It's been a big week. That's that's all lovely. Huge and week. It, would be, it would be even worse and uh, literally worse than anything if we didn't tell people about these things because I think that was really nice. Yeah. So I think that's it. You want to button it up? Yeah. Have a good week, man. Okay. That's it. I still got, now I've got about a an 18th of a galette left. Ooh, a little hair. A little hair. In it huh. or your own? Uh, I don't think I have hairs this little. <laughs> okay. Even, even... No, and this is really shorty. This could be like a like a child's uh, eyelash. Huh. Oh God! I wonder if these were made by children. <clears throat> this is terrible. Where do you get these from? A vending machine or something? I get it from a little place around the corner from here called Null. Uh, <clears throat> but no, no, they bring them in in uh, cardboard boxes every day. They're fresh, fresh baked. Uh, for, I don't know if you bake a galette. You ever had a galette? I'm not sure. I don't think you can have a galette. How would I know if I had it? Uh, it would taste really good, and it wouldn't have elk. Uh, it's got apples, uh, and it's got a ton of sugar, and what I'm guessing is a lot of flour and butter. Galette. It's got an E at the end. Galette. Yeah, razor thing. We'll see how that turns out. They send you, depending on the level of razor that you buy, they send you some every month, and it's a subscription service, and, but it's a lot less than those jackals at Gillette. What do you do when you shave? What do you use to shave? Uh, an electric razor, Braun. Electric razor brawn. Not the huh. kind that, that have the little spinning discs because those don't even make oh, it. Oh, the Norelco like Santa used to ride Yeah, on. not those. Those don't even make a dent. <laughs> Men like you? Yeah. Hmm. But, you, but the brawn. I've had, there's a, there's a certain one. I don't know which. Do people care? You think people care about that? People care about everything. But now that I've got this beard, it, it's, it's fearsome. My kid absolutely loves it that I've let it go this long. How far are you going to go with it? I don't, I don't think there's an end. 
Can you take it all the way? Oh, oh, it's already all the way. Are you going to braid it? No. Beads? Hmm. Don't hmm. you need to braid it to make the beads work? But no. I don't know. I'm, I'm, not, a, I'm not a cosmetologist. No, cosmologist? What do they call the people who, uh, who study the stars and hair? Cosmetologist. Shaken. <clears throat> so I think that's about it. We're at uh, minute 33, and I think we've got... Oh, that doesn't count, because part of it was our man call. Oh, I accidentally revealed how long our man call was. This is awkward. It wasn't dirty, though, right? It wasn't dirty. We're 20 minutes into the actual oh, show. Oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. We have so much to uh, cover today. Huh. You ever heard oh. of... You know what chamber music is? I think I do. Apparently, chamber music can only be enjoyed by musicians by people who are able to play the chamber music they're the only ones that would enjoy listening to it hmm. just as a Where, corollary where'd you hear that i read that i wrote it down and i read it are there other kinds of music like that or is it just chamber music i think anything by kiss you got to be in kiss to enjoy it right could you be a former member of kiss to enjoy it? i bet i bet you know what i bet when you leave kiss you become literally so angry about hearing the music <laughs> peter chris can't even listen to it it's because he's mostly passed out under a table, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> and one of those guys died, so that's not funny. Right. But Vinny Vincent, he's very small, I think. He's very small. Mini Vincent, you mean. <laughs> <laughs> now that's funny. Yeah. Now is that spelled M-I-N-N-I-E? <laughs> Actually, there's, there's no ends in it at all. It's so small. Is that right? Such small hands. Mini, Mini Vincent's uh, Lil Rocket, I think it was called. Is that right? What do you call it? Armada? What was the name of his band? Did you enjoy Kiss? I like Kiss. Uh, the few songs I really did get into. And when I was a kid, you know, we, it used to be great to draw, correctly draw all of the different members of Kiss. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And the cover of Rock and Roll Over was yeah. very iconic. That was the one I always went for. <laughs> very iconic. So I think, there's, I think there's a completely inappropriate Kiss backlash going on. And, and I say that because two people I know are saying mean things about Kiss and it, it makes me angry. But, it's, but you know what? I think it's because of Gene Simmons. I think Gene Simmons has poisoned the well. With the TV show? the I guess so. Yeah. I, yeah. Also, like after the makeup came off and he started doing more interviews, I mean, I think that was just a bad idea. It's like, it's like listening to somebody that does chartered accountancy. It's like, you know, he's just, he's, he's, he's not a great looking guy. No offense. I mean, it's not like we're any bargain. But, you know, he, he talks a lot about business. I guess we do too. But then, you know, we, we don't have cod pieces yeah. that we know of. Do you have a cod piece? It's, you can have cod. That's on paleo, right? Yeah, fish, sure. Any kind of fish. Now, the fudge, did they have to go to special fudge caves to, to find the fudge in the paleo days? I don't, yeah, I'm not sure how they made that back then. Okay. What the ingredients were. But corn, we had, for corn, we had to have industrial farming. You, you, can't, you can't just grow corn anywhere. Well, the whole thing about grains in general, and people always kind of misunderstand this of course wheat and gluten being the worst of them mm -hmm. is that if you were to go and just eat some wheat in a field and this is true for most corn as well literally, literally grab a stalk just grab a stalk and try to eat it grab some and eat it okay. nobody in their right mind would want to eat that now you could say the same well nobody would want to eat raw meat well that's not true a lot of people have and would want to eat raw meat mm -hmm. uh, but that's 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 the case is that wheat gluten those things actually uh, don't want to be eaten. They have what's called anti-nutrients in them, and they, they are des not designed to be eaten or consumed by human beings. And the only way that you can eat something like that is to thoroughly change everything about it to make it edible, to make it something that could be eaten. 
Hmm. And that's the theory. So uh, only only in completely processing it and essentially fortifying it and turning it into something else does it even palatable. But those anti-nutrients, the things that the wheat naturally produces so that things don't eat it, uh, are still there and you're still eating them. So that's so it's like a coping, it's a coping, me- not a coping mechanism, it's a defensive mechanism. Right. It's, it's, it says, don't eat me, it'll don't make me. you sick. Don't like eat me, I will. Bugs uh, uh, yes. and uh, toads. Right. Nothing should be eating wheat. Nothing should be eating that. Hmm. Hmm. It's like mosquitoes. It doesn't even have a role in the ecosystem. I think Harrison Ford was in that mosquito coast. Oh, no, no. I think you think of that one with the, uh, the Pennsylvania Dutch. No, wait, is that, are they? Oh, they, I remember that one. Were they friends or, or Quakers or Mennonites? Is that racist? Hasidic. Hasidic is the word you're looking for. Oh, God bless you. A Hasidim. Sorry. Um, I'm not supposed to say God. That must be challenging. To have a really a religion where you're not allowed to say God. That's really confusing. Well, That'd I think it's when you say it or how you say it. Or the uh, word you have, the you word kind of sneeze a little bit when you say it. Right. <laughs> Something like that. They should buy a vowel. I, I, you know, I, I, this week, I, you don't like it when I plan. So I tried not to plan too much. I got a couple of things, but not really. I shouldn't even mention it. We should just keep talking. Yeah. Right? It throws it off when I talk, right? No, I like what, it. What do you want to talk about? See, this is, I'm screwing you up because usually this gives you 45 minutes to check your email while I get all hot. I'm usually reading comic to. books during that. Oh, we're loving comic books right now. Yeah, what are you guys reading? Um, is this a show this week? This right now? Yeah. I had topics and you told me not to do no, topics. No, I, I love topics. What do you have? Uh, why do you... I think I, sometimes I think I understand the scope of our relationship and then I, I think I don't understand it anymore. I, I, I've got topics. I, I can talk about... I, 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 had, uh, I had a couple things. I had things. Uh, we could talk about uh, my, my two personal mantras. We could talk about a really good interview with a guy from Mad Men. Um, I had a couple other things too. You watch the Mad Men? You don't watch that? Do you? No, no, I haven't had a chance to watch that. Oh, it's it's pretty good. This week's was really really weird. Do you, do you have something you'd like to talk about? Do you have anything you want to announce or anything? I do not. I don't have anything at all to announce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I saw some pretty good reactions to last week. I think. <clears throat> Though I, uh, you know, we we talked about uh, agency and stuff like that. Yeah, as a that's a, a very good topic, I think, in general, and it really people I think really respond to that, which I think is mm-hmm. great. Yeah, I listened to it, and I was the only thing I was thinking in listening back to it um, was that I, you know I get so hot about making a point that sometimes I fail to make my point, you know, and I. I I don't know what I hope it came through that what I was ultimately trying to say was that the decisions that we make about who we partner with, who we work with, right, who we publicly allow ourselves to be associated with, that it has a financial component to it, but or component as you like to say, but I really think it does have to do with the platform that you want to build. And I don't mean platform as in blog platform or platform is in necessarily hey look at me thing. But in talking about the platform a few episodes ago, I, you know, just to reiterate what this idea is, it's a way of trying to think about what you do as more than a series of jobs or thinking of it as more than a series of tasks I have to do today. It's not looking backward on your life as a resume and it's not necessarily looking forward on your life as a career. It's a way of saying, what is, what is the thing I'm trying to build? And, and how do I know whether I'm building the thing that I want now to build the next thing after that? To, to, to quote, to meta quote, um, Walt Disney via John Gruber... <laughs> Supposedly, <laughs> that's a, str- a strange chain, but continue. He loves that Disney stuff. I know it's weird. 
He's yeah, a di- he is a Disney. I if would he's say not, if he's not getting a double down in uh, in yeah, Anaheim, he's a Disney. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Or does he go to Orlando or Anaheim? Where's he go? Oh no, he's a, totally goes to Orlando. Did you know Anaheim used to be run by the Klan? I read that last night. The whole, the city or the park theme park? They had inserted all Klan onto the. Uh, I, don't, I don't know the exact details, but basically they'd taken over the whole like all the people who ran Anaheim. And then they got outed. They got desheeted. Voted him out of office. Um, to Disney, that's pretty fun. And he said, and he supposedly Walt Disney said, um, according to John, and I, I haven't verified this, but he said. Um, uh, we don't make movies to make money. We make money to make more movies. Whether or not that is true and whether or not Walt Disney said that, I, I think there's something really instructive to take away from that statement. Um, and that's from that uh, talk we did at South by Southwest a few years ago and when he said that. And I, I still think about that a lot because it's why do we get jobs? Like why have you been working, as you frequently mentioned, since you were 13? Right. Well, you wanted to make money. I had to right? make money. I mean, Exactly. Like if I wanted to buy jeans that were like nice jeans, if I wanted to buy the $40 Nikes, like I had to go and work somewhere. It was completely a completely quotidian approach. Like I, I, I was there for the simplest reasons in the world, which is I wanted, I was willing to spend this amount of time doing something to walk away with cash, which is certainly a fantastic reason to get a job. You gots to get paid, as Mozart used to say. Right. And, and so that's, that is sensible. I, I'm not that's stupid. I understand that. But the thing is, the same thing that made me want to be a busboy when I was 15 better not be the same thing that makes me do whatever I do when I'm 45. Over time, that changes. Over your career, if you like, or really, I think more appropriately, over your life, you're constantly readjusting in these different ways, right? It's not really as simple as just going and who pays you the most money anymore. Well, some jobs really suck for a lot of money. Maybe your partner gets a better job than you and so you move, or maybe, maybe you've been so self-involved about your thing that when your partner finally does get a good job, you kind of have to capitulate and go get a different job. You may not find the exact job you want. You may have to take, take a different job because you got injured. Maybe you have this job because it has really good insurance that you need versus that job where you'd have more straight cash. Like if you think that's not complicated, you've had a much less weird life than I have because <laughs> I think that's super complicated and money is just one factor in that. Now, if you can go with me that that logical leap makes some sense, it's not such a stretch to say, um, what, am I, what am I trying to build here beyond keeping my job or getting a different one? That's the platform idea. And what, what I hope I was saying last week that I'll definitely try to say this week is that it is about more than just what you want. Oh, I got to have my dream job. I want to do what I love, whatever right. the hell that means. Right. Uh, it, it, it also means... Oh, and I, I, I've got to make a mental note. Come circle back to that, that topic, because I've got a question for you about that. Oh, that's uh, the work you love? Yes, circle back. Okay. I'm going to capture that because I think that capture term it can out. be very... Uh, Tungle uh, What's the phrase I'm writing down? Do what you love. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Circle back. Okay. okay. Um, but, it, but I think there's more to it than that. And, and I guess what I, was, what, I, what I hoped to get at last week is that it's not just about me being mad and butt hurt that somebody did something that I didn't like with something I paid. I mean, I, I'll be fine. <laughs> John will be fine. John will thrive. Gruber will continue to thrive regardless of decisions that readability make. Unless they, they, they draw a penis on his garage again. I don't think he liked that. I, I think he can't prove that was readable. <laughs> no. <laughs> one, of, one of the first toots that made me love Amy Jane. Um, I'm not going to reiterate. But, no. Um, no. But yeah, certainly there, you, you think about what it is you like to do. You think about what you're good at. This is like, this is like, you know, month one back to work stuff, right? Like, are you doing the stuff that you like to do? Are you making the things that you'd like to make? You know, 
But it goes further than that because I personally, if you get into this platform kind of thinking, and I wish I had a less douchey word than that, but it's what I'll have to go with for now. Part of it also is the idea of who you want to work with. And if you do go back and listen to S1E1, you can hear me saying to Dan that like, to me, this is one of the most important things in the world. I'm, I'm here... Uh, not pr- just simply because I like the easy work of talking into a microphone. It's not simply because I love the medium of podcast. I really wanted to work with Dan. I like working with Dan. I- and I-, I-, I think there's a lot to that. As we said before, when thinking about the culture of your job, where you work, it's my theory that a lot of people stay at a job or leave a job because of culture. And they may not realize it in retrospect in- until they look at it in retrospect. But money can be a reason that we stay at a job that we don't love uh, you know, let's say let's say you're not making as much as you want, but you really like you like the commute, right? Maybe you like your, ch- your chair. Maybe you found that you can tolerate the people in that office more than other places. Well, ha- have you not had jobs where you made a little more money, but it was completely brutal? I know people who live out like by freaking Tracy, like people who live so far east of here and commute into San Francisco every day. And I I, just, I don't know how they do it. It's not a, it's not a criticism. It's more like a, like a, a kind of grudging admiration. Like I don't know how you do that every day. Houses are more affordable out there, but then you drive an hour to get to work and an hour to get back. When I worked in Menlo Park before my lady and I bought a car, we would have to travel from where we live in the hinterlands of San Francisco on uh, Muni to get to the Caltrain station and then take, you see, you lived in San Francisco, you know, this like Caltrain is what goes up and down the peninsula. So we'd have to go across town on Muni. That was 45 minutes to an hour. We'd get on the Caltrain that depending on whether we got an express that was 45 minutes to an hour to go down to, you know, Stanford and Menlo. So we spent over, well over two hours a day commuting every day. And it was, it was completely draining. That was a really good job. And I was bummed when I lost it, but I so did not miss that commute. That, you know, you're, we, we, we've talked about this before, but your, your quality of life has a lot more to do than just having dough. Dough is super important. It's arguably the most important part. But there are, there are these other issues. Like, yeah, do you like what you do? Do you feel like there's a future in what you do? Do you have agency in what you do to pick what your next thing is or the thing after that? If you have something you want to do and you've really bought into the stuff we talked about, it's not such a stretch to say, well, I'm not exactly where I want to be now. I may never be exactly where I want to be, but I know I'm kind of two and a half steps away from doing something I'd really like. And I will argue that if you always put the money in front of that, it has to be near the front. But if you always put the money first, you're not going to have as many interesting relationships with people. Because a lot of times, there's nothing wrong with giving stuff away, but you should know why you're giving it away. And you should be the one who decided that you're giving it away. And in my opinion, just because it's fine for Merlin, if you are going to charge people for stuff, I think you should understand why you're charging what you charge. And, and, and this is hard for me, but also feel okay about that. But so here's the thing though. If you don't, the, how does this tie into last week? Well, you know, having somebody, you know, scrape your site and uh, repost your articles, having somebody watermark your videos, having somebody, well, you know, it can sound really petty to say, please don't do that unless that's what you do for a living. If you worked in a job where somebody like literally took all of your work and put their name on it, you know, maybe your boss does that now. Maybe your co is there anything more frustrating? Is there anything that makes you feel less inclined to do great work? You know, have you ever had that feeling like, I don't even want to bring up my idea yeah. for a big project because you guys will screw this you're up? You're just going to, if you don't shut it down, you're going to screw it up. Yeah, exactly. And that's why I think it's important that you, you not only look, what's the combination? I don't even know what the formula for this is for like a pseudo successful platform, but building toward things you increasingly like, um, accepting that it's a process, 
looking for the right mix of opportunity and cash, but also looking to get connected up with the right people. And that doesn't mean meeting somebody famous who makes you famous. It means collaborating with somebody where your work can improve each other's work. If somebody's scraping your stuff and throwing it up somewhere and you don't know it, that really is not helping you make relationships. That's why I went into such, I, I hate something defending this episode, but like, that's why I think it's really, it's really, it gets lost. If all you say is, well, I did this thing because supposedly they'll pay me some money, I better sign up. Wow, that is so intransitive. What a great way to just give away what you do. Mm. Now, I don't mean give away for free. I mean, give away as in like, you're very close to giving away even authorship and ownership of what you do. If you, if you don't do that. And so deciding who you have a relationship and who you have a partnership with, I think is a big uh, component of, of making the stuff you like. And so I've never looked back. I've been, I mean, you know, <laughs> we've had our good days and bad days, like any relationship, but I regret not in the least doing this with you because I continue to like doing it with you. And, you know, if one of us had merely started grabbing recordings of the other person and inserting our own voice alongside of it, that might have made a funny thing for a drive time DJ, but it wouldn't, we wouldn't have gotten to where we are now by doing that. Dan, yes, sir. You should do what you love. All right. I will Everybody do that. Everybody should do what, you know, what you should follow your bliss. But here's the thing <laughs> this is where I, I, you know, we talk a lot about on this show. Should we do a sponsor first? Oh, I'd love to do a sponsor. Do you want to hear about something I like? There, yes, please. I mean, you ask that all the, of course I do. It's called a bit, Dan. Look it up. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. Let's see what this is. A bit. Google.com. Bit. B-I-T. Says each way she passes. Bitly. Shorten, share, and track your links. That's the first result. That's the one I'm going to read. I really like this thing called Squarespace. Have you heard of these guys? I love Squarespace. Squarespace is a um, it's an $8 ice cream thing. What do you call it? What do you call that? <laughs> an $8 cone. I would call it an application service provider that, that scales across the enterprise. It pr- provides a deep, deep dive uh, vis-a-vis open. Um, Squarespace is a great place to have a blog, a hosted blog, a portfolio, anything that you want to do, internet, uh, whatever you want to do, you can do it on Squarespace. Dan and I love Squarespace. It is so cool to me to continually see people on the global internet talking about how they've moved to Squarespace and, uh, and they're loving it. Um, it's it's just it's nice to have somebody doing this stuff for you. It's it's a very happy making thing, um, and uh, we love these guys. Well, as was mentioned in a minute, they've recently simplified their pricing to make it much easier for you to get in, less expensive uh, to jump in and do stuff with Squarespace. I want to mention something uh, today that that I am a huge fan of. Um, just the way that Squarespace makes it easy to post stuff to your site. Now, here's a neat thing. I, I, you know, I'm not saying this is the only way to do this. There are certainly tons of great ways that you can post stuff to different places, right? If you've got a WordPress site, you've got a TypePad blog, any of this stuff, this stuff has come so far over the years. Thank God for XML RPC and stuff that's made it so easy uh, to post stuff. Do people do like JSON? Is that like a thing now? Or yeah. how do most people post remotely? I think JSON, and yeah, that's a good way to do it. Everybody but, uses that, is settled on that. It's, that's sort of today's you know, XML RPC or SOAP mm-hmm. or whatever. It's better. Right. Much better. And so we've certainly had this for a while that it's been easy enough to do. If you can get, if you're all configured and set up the right way with the site that you've got, uh, Hopefully, this has all gotten easier over the years. <laughs> it's, it's, not, it's not what it used to be. It's not where you used to have to upload something to FTP and then pick up the link and make sure it's in there if you want to have a photo. This stuff has come a very long way. What I like especially about the Squarespace experience of, of um, 
uh, updating and posting is I, I really do like the web interface. The web interface has a lot to it. It's got stuff like autosave. So if you're typing along, uh, you know, it will say for you, I think something like every 20 seconds or, or something like that. It's uh, one thing I love is when you're in a, in a post field and I'm talking here about this will work for pretty much any way you can get text and images onto the site. But I'm talking particularly here in terms of journals, which is their name for blogs. Right. You go in and you type this stuff in, you drop in a photo, you put anything in there. Well, first of all, you got modes you can work in. So you could have HTML, you can have WYSIWYG, you can have Markdown, whatever it is that works for you. You can switch between modes. And it just makes it so easy that autosave, it's all in this one little HUD that pops up. You can decide when to publish in the future, all the kind of stuff you've come to expect. But here's, here's where I think they take it to the next level, um, is that when you are on Squarespace, it is pretty near 100% I don't want to say 100% because that's a lot of percent. It is very heavily, tightly integrated all the way down the line. If you want to upload a photo, no problem. All you have to do is hit a button, upload it, and then that places that photo says, do you want a thumbnail of this? Do you want it to link to anything? Do you want a caption for this? All that stuff is all in this great little GUI interface. And then that uploads that right into your own little Squarespace folder. You say, what folder? You... It's great. If you have a small site, it's no problem. If you have a big site, it's no problem. It's easy to do all of this stuff. But then what I do, like with the uh, Roderick on the line show, yeah. you click a little button called options and you add an enclosure. You say, please include here, upload this to my site, this little MP3, and I'm going to call this MP3 that. And now, with that MP3 there, you just did that, now it's a podcast. And now anybody who subscribes to that will be able to pull that down and have a podcast out of that. You can have excerpts, you can have all of this stuff. Well, how's that different from anything else you've got in the world? Well, it's all in one place. You don't have to manage that. You're not updating plugins. You are not having to deal with uh, FTP. You don't have to do any of that stuff. If you want tracking, you pop that stuff into a header. If you want to have stuff like embeds, no problem. It gives you a little GUI for dropping it in. It's really nice that that's all in one place. Now, some of you nerds, you'll never need that. But there are people you know that need this. You may need this more than you think because if you're spending a lot of time on all of that other stuff, you're not spending time making stuff. And that's why I really like this. Also, it must be noted that their iPhone app is gorgeous. Their iPhone, uh, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's, it's so pretty and it's so fun to use. You can look at your stats. Uh, it's just, a, it's, it's really, really beautifully done. So we're big fans of Squarespace. Um, it's easy to post. It's easy to run. You hit a couple buttons and you got a website. And it's great. And so right now is uh, is a, a particularly good time. Dan, do you do you remember that there is a current offer code and it, a current yes, special? Yes, there is. Uh, there is. And is it is it the same one that I think it is? The current. The current. This is this is still. Let me see here. It's an oh, offer so, offer code. This is a long butt month. Look at that. There's how many? There's five Mondays in this one. Mm-hmm. Why? Hmm. Sounds like an old Bacharac David sound song. Five Mondays. Uh, here's what you can do: you can go to Squarespace, and uh, it, when you sign up for their plans, you can, first of all, if you sign up for a year-long plan and it's very affordable, you get twenty percent off when you sign up. Now, here's the deal: as a beloved listener of uh, Back to Work here on the Five by Five Network, you can get another ten percent on top of that if you use the offer code. Do you want to do this one, or should I? You do it, please. Turns out. When you go in and you sign up for your uh, exciting new uh, Squarespace account, use the offer code, turns out, and uh, you will get an extra 10% off everything you do. You go to squarespace.com slash back to work. I don't think there's a triple dub on that, but I will check, Dan. And if not, we will send Lil Ryan a note. Well, if, so there, is, if there is... It, and makes a, it adds a triple dub. It adds a triple dub. I was going to say, it should, redir- it should handle the redirection for you if, it's, if it does that. So you don't end up with two sites. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a lot of those to fix for myself. Fix it up. You, you could go to, to pretty much anything. You could you can go to Gopher. Cones. Is that the protocol? Gopher? Do they still make a, do they still make gophers? I think I think the word is golfer. Oh, we can do that. Do the same thing. Why don't we just do it to the gophers? 
<laughs> I'm going to kill all the golfers. Turns out, so you get to squarespace.com slash back to work. Uh, turns out um, this is a good place to be right now uh, for reasons that uh, are always increasingly becoming more apparent. But Squarespace, <laughs> you know, I hate the elliptical thing. Why did I do that? Ellipsis. I can't tell you about it. Anyway, Squarespace is really great. You should go there. Uh, we like them a lot. Um, that's why we talk about a lot. Uh, Squarespace.com slash back to work. Use the offer code because, you know, little Ryan likes to call it an offer code. Turns out one word, T-U-R-N-S-O-U-T. Chick set behind. And we thank uh, Squarespace.com for supporting 5 by 5 and back to work. Uh, doing what you love. Doing what you love. So here's, here's, the, here's the question or here's the setup for this. There are a lot of people who do something and they do it for a living and they think wow you know i'm i'm okay at this i get paid for it but this is this this other thing that i do in evenings and weekends that i really truly love and man merlin's always telling me to go after my dream and my dream <laughs> is to try this thing are you being that guy or are you being honest i'm being, being- honest oh, and okay. then they think okay merlin never, said never said that merlin never, said to quit my that. job Oh, and Merlin God. said I should know he said it. And I'm going to do it. Take your savings by a hammock. Yeah, and I'm going to go try this thing that I love to do, which I know other people who do it for a living, and I've dabbled in it, and I've even gotten paid for it for a few times. Uh, I'm going to go and switch to this thing. Here's a question. What happens when the thing that you love to do, that Merlin told you to quit your job to do, mm. turns out that <laughs> when you do it full time, you don't love it? really yes what happens all of those times that dan said buy vintage fondue forks (laughs) and slowly push them not fast real slowly so you don't notice it first there's no feelings in your eyes a lot of people don't know that push the fondue forks into your eyes very slowly dan what happens if you're now blinded and in excruciating pain because the back of your eyes you know your retinas and stuff what, do you, what, what if that doesn't work out, Dan? My question, though, is yes what if no. you... No. What if you discover that the thing you thought you, you wanted to do really isn't um, the thing that you can do or should do? In I'm other tempted, words, what if you I'm, love it? What yeah. if you love it as a hobby but don't love it as a job? If you love it as a hobby and don't love it as a you job. You know, people, a lot of people dabble in the web development, web design, designing stuff. And they think, man, this is a lot of fun. This is my creativity. This is my creativity outlet. And man, I love doing this thing after work when I come home and I screw around on the computer and I look what I built. This was fun. And all of a sudden you start getting paid for it. And a year later, you're like, I hate this crap. I wish I could just go back to my job and drink coffee and check email for two hours every morning. <laughs> right. Well, and, and I think ingrained or uh, embedded in what you're saying is also, uh, whoa, what if I do what I love and then uh, I don't have the infrastructure that I used to get with my old job? Like yeah. I never realized, like you talk about with, you know, how much you love stuff like FreshBooks, like you don't realize what a pain in the butt it is to have to do all of this stuff that somebody else used to take care of for you. Um, you know, I, it's a very hard transition sometimes when people go from having a straight job to being on their own or sort of on their own or being a contractor. I mean, that, you know, there's a lot of stages in between, you know, being a corporate drone and being Pablo Picasso. There are a lot of, you know, way stations in between. For right. a lot of people, that means being a contractor. I, I, I've recently discovered like two companies that I was really surprised to find out almost all of their employees are contractors. And I had no idea. I had no idea. There are a lot of people who are contractors, like full-time. You've done this. You've done long-term contracts. But there are people who work somewhere for five years that are contractors. They're paying a lot of their own stuff. You know, I mean, it's... 
So the reason I mentioned that is embedded in what you're saying is, you know, when people talk about doing what they love, well, is it doing what you love to do? Is it being where you love to be? Is it having made things you like having made? I, I don't think these are meaningless distinctions. But boy, gosh, which angle do I even begin with? Um, well, first of all, in, in, my, in my thinking, if we go along with this really annoying thing I keep talking about, which is the platform, well, if, if you're thinking in a more platform way, you're doing, hopefully, a, a frequent amount of self-correction. Self-correction is not the same thing as second-guessing. Like in that wonderful uh, John Cleese video that's been getting passed around, you know, he says that you know, when you're in the sort of mode where you're being creative and playful and giving yourself permission to come up with ideas in a safe place, you, anything goes. But during implementation, you can be very, you should be very hard-nosed. Uh, what I'm getting at is he, a great quote from him that's something like, if you're about to jump over a precipice, if you're running and about to jump over like a big hole in the ground, that's the wrong time to think about whether you're, or not you're doing the right thing. You just need to make that jump because you're already committed to it. But to, in my mind, this platform notion is that you're doing a constant amount of self-correction, right? Think about, think about if you... Uh, this came up actually on the last router on the line. But think about you go like, I'm here and I want to be there. In John's case, he decided he was going to hitchhike to Mount Kilimanjaro without having any idea <laughs> what the logistics of that would involve. Uh, in our example, let's say you said, well, I don't know anything about sailing a boat, but I know I like to be in boats. So I'm going to sail across the Pacific. <laughs> and so, and so you, you say, that's what I love. And so you go out and you borrow or buy a boat and you hop into it and you start sailing. And it, you probably won't get very far before you realize it would have been nice to know a lot more about sailing because suddenly you're literally vomiting all over a borrowed <laughs> <laughs> you knew that you liked to be around boats. You certainly like wearing those funny pants and a little little uh, sailor hat like oh, Gilligan. I love the hat. Love the hat. They call it a bucket hat. A and bu- so here's is that problem. what it's called? Bucket hat. Bucket chapeau. But you, uh, you may not have really... When you talk about doing what you love, well, if you've never done what you love all the time, to your point, Dan, you may be really surprised to find out there are all kinds of aspects to that that are things you don't love. And as we've said so many times on here, think about think people like lawyers, like my friend who became a lawyer, and it wasn't until she was basically working in an office that she realized how much she didn't like being around other people who were lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> but like, think, now, now think about the sunk cost on that. It costs a lot of dough and it takes a lot of work. There's an awful lot of reading uh, to go through law school. You can certainly correct your course at that point. But I think, I think one fallacy about doing what you love before we ever get to the innumerable ways that that's a, a terrible red herring. One of the things people miss is that if you're living this whole pie in the sky thing about, oh, all I need to do is this thing and then I'll be doing what I love. All I need to do is be making this much more money and I'll be doing what I love. All I need to do is have this kind of job with this kind of people in San Francisco. Da 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 da. You can come up with a million reasons how you're going to get to the thing that you love. Well, there's so many problems with that. It's it's hard to know where to begin. Um, I was talking to somebody recently about their company, and I pulled this thing out of my butt that I really liked. Which is when you talk about teams and talk about like whether people have what it takes to do what's demanded of them. In this instance, you're talking about a place that has pretty short resources, really unreasonable expectations. You know, the things that everybody has at a job. And, and I, I said to them, well, like, if you think about your team, like, think about the, the per person on your team. T- tell me or, or, or tell yourself, know for yourself, like, what kinds of projects has this person successfully completed the most times? So think you guys in the uh, you jackals and nerds, think about this for a second. What kind of project? Let's just limit it to professional or, you know, if you want to think about your hobbies, what, what, doing what you love, what kind of project have you successfully completed the most? Okay, 
Now, if you have successfully learned how to not sink a boat, if you have successfully learned how to make a, a clove hitch or a bowline or any of the things you need to know, not wise, and so forth. If you have successfully not died on a boat, that's a start. That's pretty good. If you have successfully gotten away from the dock, stayed on course where you need to go, and then docked somewhere else, that's a, that's a pretty good way along. If you've done that a lot, a lot of times for 25 years and have consistently gotten a little bit better, maybe you didn't do it for a while, but then you picked it up again, like me and my sequel. <laughs> me and my sequel. But you... Uh... <laughs> okay. That's a Harry Nelson joke. I like it. Yeah. But ask yourself that and, and think about that with your team, right? What kind of project have you successfully completed? Well, let's unpack that. Uh, if you've never successfully completed a project, well, I don't know if you have the expertise to jump straight into doing quote unquote what you love. Um, if what, if you've sex successfully completed things that were not actually that successful, if they didn't turn out great or they weren't used for anything, well, that's a certain kind of problem too. And, and so you see where I hope you see where I'm going with this. Like in terms of your team, like if you're demanding like top of the game, professional level, this will live forever in the annals of awesomeness level of work from people who are having trouble, you know, finishing their TPS cover sheets. Right. That's a that, that's a disconnect that will drive you crazy until you realize the obvious thing, which is that for whatever reason, whether that's training, experience, expertise, you're not ready for that yet. So to hopefully round back around to your to your fake fake make believe. It was a real stop. it was a real question. I think about it a lot. I think about it a lot. A real a real question. I think it's I think it's one of the biggest red herrings in the world because if you were doing if you were that dead set on doing what you love, you'd already be doing it. Or you'd learn to love what you're doing. There's no, there's no, there's no, you know, <laughs> there's not any place where you're going to arrive and suddenly be doing what you love unless you're very, very lucky. And, and, and I mean, even, and even if you're lucky, you probably won't be able to keep it because you kind of don't deserve to be there. You deserved in some ways, I, I don't mean this to sound as blunt as I do, but you are where you are for a reason. Maybe the universe is out to get you. Maybe you've been lucky. But in, what have you successfully completed? If you like from S1E1, like what have you shipped like five times? Well, what you've shipped five times is, is in some ways the proof of what you're capable of to other people and of yourself. If what you love is doing that, then you are on the right track. If you have successfully completed stuff that is completely a field of that, and you're wondering why you're not doing what you love, well, then it's time for a course correction. And this is where we get back to the platform. That's when you start asking yourself, do I need a new relationship? Do I need a new challenge? Am I pushing myself to try work that is something that's going to make me learn new things, have new relationships, or get closer? But I mean, part of this is this whole what you love thing. And again, we're not even getting anywhere near the money part where this completely falls apart most of the time. But um, I want to do a, I want to do an include once here of uh, a podcast I was on one time on Kanan Flowers' show, uh, Scruffy Thinking, where we talked about this. Um, him and me and Stu Meshwitz talked about this. And Stu's a big proponent of the doing what you love stuff. He's a guy who says, if you have lunch with me, you'll quit your job by the time we're done. And I ended up taking the sort of the counterpoint, you know, sort of like I am now, the karma suck part. <laughs> but we, it was a really good conversation. We'll put it in show notes. But m my feeling on this is that the, the doing what you love becomes so overinflated as this goal line, right? Like you're going to somehow arrive someday at doing what you love. Well, that's like arriving at being good looking, <laughs> right? Or it's like arriving at being tall. 
Well, you will end up tall because you kept growing until you were tall. There are a lot of people who are tall who are not that happy. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, there are a lot of people who are extremely good looking that are not that happy. They're certainly taller and more good looking than you. And that doesn't make them any happier than you. Uh, the doing what you love part starts with, it starts so much earlier. I mean, if, you, if you're not where you want to be, if you're my age and you're not making what you love, and I certainly don't love what I make every day, well, look at the make part and, and look at the love part. Or doing, you know, the making and doing. Well, if you're not doing and making what you love, then you need to change what you do and make, right? If you don't love what you're doing and making, well, then you need to do it better, right? There's, <laughs> I don't, I don't, there's not a shoots and ladders kind of thing where you're just going to appear somewhere and suddenly it's going to be what you love. The, the notion, and we, as I say, we talked about this on that podcast, this is the platform thinking to me, is, is this idea that if you're so dead set on doing what you love, you're going to miss out on so many opportunities because what you love like I say, when you're nine, what you love might be having a race car bed. I really want a race car bed. You become 12, you still want a race car bed. You've never realigned what it is that you really want. Right. Right? Which should be like, like, like I don't know, like penthouse or a curling iron. <laughs> like at certain points, that should evolve <laughs> unless you're, you stay dead set. Well, what is it you love and like what is it that you're loving? That is not a McDonald's joke. <laughs> right? This is the problem. If you stay so dead set on doing what you love um, as this frozen like poster... Not a frozen poster. <laughs> that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> you know what, you're, here's the thing. If you're going to freeze a poster, you shouldn't be surprised that your <laughs> drinks taste like boats. We'll be back in a minute. <laughs> I, think, I think that uh, there is a pseudo, as you say, Dan, buddhist angle to this. Mm-hmm. There's the looking forward and there's the looking back. There's the looking back of what have I done. And let's say you're going to be really cool about this and, and do, do, do it the way that I would suggest and wish for myself right. which is you look back and go like what have i been able to actually do in the past right and i don't i really don't mean to beat this to death but you really need to hear this if you're whining about whether you do what you love if you've never done if you've never made if you if you buy all these carpentry tools and you've never made a good looking birdhouse what makes you think that you could actually go out and build a home for yourself that's completely ludicrous. You haven't, you, like, who can you blame for that not being what you wanted? Well, if you wanted to build a house for yourself at the age you are today, you should have started swinging a hammer when you were 10, right? So if, if, if you're not doing what you love now, then you have to be honest about that. Look at the past and go, what have I done well? Well, if you're doing the platform thinking, you're going to say, well, maybe there's something that I have loved that just wasn't the frozen poster that I was looking at. Maybe there was something where all along I thought, oh my gosh, I really thought I wanted to be a musician and I got really mad because I never became a professional musician. But I never really thought, like, I could have really enjoyed being a road manager because I'm really great. I have the mind for that. Well, if your idea of success is what you thought a rock star was, when you're 12, you are never going to be a happy person and you're never going to do what you love. Mm -hmm. So just as a taste for the future here, maybe the world doesn't love what you do. And maybe that's why you're not getting paid for that. But here's the looking forward part. The looking forward part is like, what could I do to have a, to return to our sailing here, to do a course adjustment? You know, again, this, the making and the doing and the loving and the whatnot and the thing, <laughs> the chocolate cake behind you. Like, can you, should you love what you're doing more or should you be making and doing something? You follow? Or yeah, no, I'm with this? you. I'm on board. And the boosty, the boosty part of this is to not get so emotionally wrapped up in whether or not you're doing what you love. I mean, that again, I think that's like being mad that you're not tall yet or being mad that you're not good looking yet. It, it is what it is. You are where you are. And all of that stuff is the sum of what's happened in the past. Are you responsible for all of that? Not really. Like it's your parents' fault that you're short and ugly. 
right? That we all bear, most of us do bear that burden. You're not going to change that. Well, what can you change, dude? Like, what can you, what can you, what can you take and turn to be doing something more like what you love? Well, I will just tell you that if you are so fixated on this one thing, you're, you're mad that you're not doing it. You're mad that you're not getting paid for it. You're mad that the world hasn't acknowledged what you do. Like, I, I don't have a single way that I can help you with that. The way that I can help you is to say, be honest with where you've gotten to by now and look at what you can, to use a word I don't love, leverage to make the next thing. Is there somebody that you could contact to say, maybe we should build an app together? Like maybe you're, maybe you're a frustrated designer. Well, you know what? Maybe a frustrated designer could find a frustrated developer and the two of you could try something. And you know what? If it's an utter failure, who cares? Who cares? Because you know what? Movement is better than stasis. You've proved yourself. First of all, you've proved that you can do something besides nothing. You can do something besides what you're doing or not doing right now. I was, I was talking to Sparks about this the other day. I think this is so important. Even if you make something that sucks, even if you quote unquote fail, right. you are so much further along than if you just sat around wondering when you were going to get to do what you love. You're going to have to make a lot of ugly birdhouses before you can build a ranch style house. That is how this works. And so, I don't know, did that get anywhere near what you were actually asking, Dan, with your straw man question? Clo- it wasn't a straw man, but close enough. Let's return. Yeah, let's, let's, let's uh, reframe it. Take no, I, no, you know what? I like it. I'm, let, let's let it gel with the listeners, because I'm not sure they can handle... Well, you know, just to... Just I don't want to disturb them. Here's the thing. Um, oh, boy, this is so hard to say. This stuff really is a journey. Like, everything you do is... Anything cool that you do... Really, anything you do is going to involve being right where you are right now and then deciding where to take your next step. This sounds so obvious and so hippie, but it's so important. You have no idea where you're going to be in the future. You have some idea where you've been in the past. Well, how much is that helping you, right? How much has that become like a certain kind of albatross that you have to bear right now? A wonderful quote uh, from Annie Lamott uh, that she heard from her priest was something along the lines of that... um, Faith uh, is like the headlights. I love the concept of faith. Faith is like uh, the headlights on our car. Even if we're driving across the United States, all we need to see is those 50 to 100 feet in front of us at a time. And somehow, even though we can only see a little bit in front of us, it's far and we know enough about where we're going, hopefully, that we can go along the way. And you know what? If the road's closed and there's a detour, that doesn't mean you sell your car and cry. It means you figure out how to get back on the road and go where you're going. And if you find a place that's more interesting before you arrive in Nantucket or whatever, you could stop and check that out because that's the trip. That's the journey. That's the platform. The platform is you keep doing the best you can with the most interesting people you can find and you will find something that you love. What you love is not the frozen poster. What what you love is not the place on a map somewhere far away. What happens if you never reach that? You rob yourself of that opportunity to build the platform, to learn what you did wrong, to learn what you could do better, to learn what you really love that is something practical that other people might find interesting. You complete, you, you rob yourself of that if you get entirely fixated on the race car bed and all the things you, you thought you should have had. You're, you're, like, you're like patient zero of this stuff, Nan. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how much of what you say is true. You seem to say mostly true things. But haven't you made course corrections all along the way? Not, not, not just negative things, right? Like we, we've, you and I have certainly bitched a lot about we wouldn't have this show if we'd loved every job we ever had. No, very true. People who listen to this show, if you love every job you had and you're just here for bulk bag, welcome. But I think most people who listen to this more than once are here because there's an unease that they have. About Di- the dis- a dis-ease, if you will. A dis-ease. Yeah. D's nuts. And so you have evolved over time. What is AT- What did you call it? HTV? What did you call what you did in college? 
HD TV is what you're. Oh, mm-hmm. our, our TV, my major. Yeah, what does that mean? Radio and television. Oh, but I didn't I, actually graduate with that major. I switched. It was with, one of several I switched around. You were like English, right? And finally wound up with, with English while I was trying to do a double major in computer science and English. I did the English one because it would be easy for me because I'd been writing my whole life. And my mom is an English professor. And I, mm-hmm. no, I, was, I was writing very early and I could do it very, very well. And it was effortless for me to write. And I knew that if I had that as one of my majors, worst case scenario, it would be the easy way out for me. It'd be like, if, if I could just throw numbers at you and say, you know, what's 3,542 divided by this and the square root of that, and you could just, just do it. That's right. what writing was like for me. So I knew it was, like, it was like the cop out. It was like the easy way out. It was like using a, a talent that I had uh, that would be the easy way to get out. But I never, I was never a professional. I was never paid really to write. I mean, I've been paid to write things, but I wasn't, my job was never a, a writer. The, you know, the way that most people with an English degree or journalism degree get out of school and they, they become a writer. I was never a writer. I went right into computers. I went right into doing development, yeah, software ditto. development. Yeah. yeah. Well, this is what you topic. could do back then. I don't know if you can do that anymore. If you want to get into computers now, you know, you, I don't know, maybe you, you have need to go to college at all. This yeah. is this is why I made all those cracks about the Waldorf stuff. Like I, I seriously, I, I you know, if I could do, if not, if I could redo anything, but like I still have the yen to learn some kind of a high level development language. Just because I feel like that's part of literacy now. Not that you have to like go make stuff, but I wish I could. I wish I could fix my cherry pie. <laughs> if anybody's capturing that, Josh, I, that's, I believe that's a Python nice. module. I like it. Um, we. I wish I could. Uh, I wish I was enough of a fan of the show that I could pull out the five episodes where we've talked about this topic in, in, in depth, right? Mm-hmm. We certainly have talked about this a lot and maybe we can scare that up for show notes because I, I can't call it to mind right now. But we have numerous times we've talked about this, you know, d- doing, ending up doing something that you're suited to doing versus something that you thought you should do. We've talked about that a lot, but let's, I, I, I'll jump in here and take and turn on a little bit on the anniversary of doing that uh, big cranking uh, article from last year. Is this, is this the anniversary of that? Yesterday. Yesterday was oh, the one year anniversary. Wow. Can you believe that's been a year? No, I can't. Wow. I, I've said, I think I've said this on here directly, but I'll, I'll say it publicly. Like, I, I, like I've said this. Yes, I know I've said this on here. I realized that for a long time, I've called myself a writer. I've called myself a writer because I had a blog that got ridiculously popular for reasons that had nothing to do with me. The market was ready for what I was doing. I did an okay job at it. I go back and read stuff I wrote and it's just, I just want to go back and change everything I've written on there. But I liked it. I, I, it made me feel more like a writer than I'd ever been before. And I started writing all kinds of different stuff, partly because now at this point, kind of like you said, Dan, like I, I went, oh, Okay, apparently I'm a writer. When I was little, I wanted to be a writer. I guess I'm a writer now. But now, um, I realize now that I needed that year away from not writing a lot because it had been so painful. I'd had such a painful, mm, eh, I don't want to get too personal, but I had a really, really hard time in, in the run-up to that book stuff. It was really bad. I, I will never tell the full story publicly, It's, but it was really, really painful and it started to really put me off writing. For for reasons I I wish I loved, but it was it's been extremely hard for me. Nobody cares, but it's been hard, and I, that's I why think I everybody cares. Well, that's why I don't write a lot today because it really stopped 
I don't even, I want to say yes, it did absolutely stop being fun. It stopped being something I looked forward to. So this is what we're talking about. Your dream, your, and I'm not saying the dream, but. No, saying, I had a, I had a, I had a book deal yeah, and I here's was something that for you, a living. You think you want to do, and maybe when you actually start to do it and the terms have changed on you somehow. And, but here's, here's, I, I don't want, I'll try not to bust a gut here, but let me break it into two parts. What I've realized in the year away from that very, very difficult time. Um, yeah, you know what? I have had a surprising level of what you might call success with writing about personal productivity. And so, uh, as I've said, I, I felt like that was my career rock to push up the hill because that was that's my professional rock. Fine. But here's the problem, and it took a lot of writing. And again, I'd never written a book before, right? It's, it, I'm, I'm jumping into the sailboat and saying, yes, this will be fine. Um, I still really feel like I'm going to write a book. It's just probably not going to be that book. Mm -hmm. Probably is a word you can take out of that sentence. I realized uh, I had gotten where I was because I was writing about personal productivity. And now it's taken a year for me to like unpack this. I really still love writing. Maybe it's stuff that some of you have enjoyed on Twitter. Maybe it's things on Tumblr. Maybe There's stuff I've written you'll never see because you don't need to see it. But I really, really, really like writing. I really like something like personal productivity. But you know what I really like right now? What we're doing right this minute. Because this is more the medium for me to talk about this. Somebody, there's, there's so many people that have been quoted and misquoted for this, but somebody said writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Go nuts trying to figure out who actually said that. I don't think it was Frank Zappa. I don't think it was David Byrne. I don't know who it was, but the point is it's a terrific and uh, meta analogy. <laughs> writing about music is like dancing about architecture. Well, I, I discovered that writing about productivity is like putting fondue forks in my eyes about architecture. I hated it. I hated it. I hated the idea that I had to try and write. And the process that's meaningful to me in writing, as we've talked about at length, is the self-discovery of writing. The fact that I, the best stuff I've ever done is when I sat down and just let it come out. I can write the topic for 5,000 words. I don't love writing the topic for 72,000 words, especially if I hated the topic, which is how to use email. Well, that's a little reductive, but it's close enough to the truth. Yeah. And you know what I've discovered? I still really love writing. And you know what I like? I like doing what we're doing right now, for now. Who knows? There may be a day when I don't like this. There may be a day when we try something different. I'm doing more podcasts than I used to because that's why I like it. Yeah. It's not, this is not just me, though. Like You're not going to run into that many people that were more of thought they knew where they were. But I, I w wasn't where I thought I was. And I've not everything's perfect now, but I've made some course corrections. I can be with my kid in the morning and I like what I'm doing. And I think it's helping people in a way. I hope it's helping people. I see that it's helping people in a way that nothing else I've done before have. It won't help everybody. Some of you don't like this, in which case you shouldn't listen to this. But I get email that curls my hair every day. It just blows my mind because... I'm sitting here trying to figure this stuff out in front of you and sometimes it helps you. And that's not anything I would be doing today if I insisted that I should be writing for the Atlantic when I was in college. Yeah. If I had insisted I was going to be an accountant like I wanted to be when I was 10. If I had insisted that I was going to be Batman like I thought when I was 7. <laughs> that all changes. And I don't know what the next thing is for me. You don't know what the next thing is for you. You're still, you're still figuring this stuff out, right? Absolutely. But even with the even with the five by five, I mean, you're constantly having to rethink stuff. Like, did you see yourself having like a baseball show two years ago? No way. I mean, I wanted it, but 
you never know what's going to happen. What about Canadian Guitar Boy? I mean, that's not the kind of thing. It's that not something like you plan for. And so who knows? Who knows if we'll be here even in a month? But you don't know where you're going to be in a month either. And that should be somewhat exhilarating in some ways, you being the, the listener here. Um, doing what you love is important, but there's a lot of ways to do what you love without letting it crush you. Because there are, there are a lot of people in the world who don't really care about what you do. And personally, I think you shouldn't worry about them too much. But one downside of that is that if you do what you love, you cannot be guaranteed that you will be compensated for that. And if you are compensated for that, there is no guarantee that it's going to, like you said, that it's going to make you happy at it. Because once you're doing that for a living, you discover all of this stuff that comes along with it that you never wanted to do, right? If you, if you really, and if you took law classes, maybe even in college, like, you know, constitutional law class that I dropped because it just made my head spin. If you really like the Federalist Papers, that's no guarantee that you're going to be a good litigator. There are so many steps in between. But if you don't give yourself permission to learn from that, if you constantly focus on the sunk cost, if you constantly focus on in a forward-looking way on like where you think you have to be, you're going to miss out on that trip all along the way. Again, back to this John Cleese thing. You're going to be in a fixed mode where you stop noticing all this stuff that could be great input. You stop noticing somebody awesome you could have met in a cafe and done something with because that doesn't make you become a lawyer. Mm. If you just blow that stuff off because it's not germane to where you want to be, your platform is going to suck like hell. You know, you're not going to, you're not, you're going to miss all of those opportunities along the way to realize you're not a sailor. <laughs> you might learn that you're really just somebody who likes maps and that's right. a different career. <sighs> People, Dan. I know. Mm, 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 mm. I know. Can I tell you about something I like? Something else? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I always want to know. I always want to hear about it. This is, this is, we've talked about this. This is pretty exciting. Are you this ready is this? exciting. I am ready for that. I don't know if I'm ready for it. I mean, I think yeah. I'm ready, but I won't know until I try it. You don't have your bell there, do you? No. We, Should I get that? We need, we need some way to transition. Let me try this. It's called the Tang Tang. Okay. Sounds like a half full thing of Coke or something. No, oh, it's Tang Tang. Um, you ever heard of this MailChimp? I have heard of MailChimp. MailChimp has been a friend to 5x5 five five and uh, back to work for a long time. And so... Um, and so we, uh, as we say in the blog community, we reached out. I wrote to Mark and I said, you know what? Uh, I really like doing stuff with MailChimp, but you know what? I have not done a ton of stuff with MailChimp. I really like MailChimp. I like using it, but I've never found something for me that where I really needed to use it. I've liked, it's one of those apps that is up there with what? It's one of those, uh, MailChimp to me is up there with, what's that thing where you make HTML5 apps? You know that, that one that came out? Was it Hyper... Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Hyper Bird or something? Yeah, something like, like there's, that. There's, all, there's this whole class of apps. Like one of the highest compliments that I can pay, I think, is... I guess the highest compliment I can pay is I use your app every day because I love it. But another one is I am dying for a chance to use your app for something. And so I said to Mark, you should come back and, uh, and, and work with uh, Back to Work again. But, but we want to do something with you. So can I make an announcement? I would love to hear this. I mean, come on. Do you want to talk a little bit? Do you want to talk about MailChimp's uh, F's and B's first? Yeah, I mean, people. A lot of the time, people say, "What's MailChimp?" I don't, you know, I don't really know what it is. I don't need that. I'm not an enterprise class enterprise. What the heck? What, what do I need a mailing list for? Exactly. But it's not just for that. I mean, there are a lot, and we'll get to the reason why. What, what's going on here? But three words when you think of MailChimp that I want. I want you. This is your takeaway. Three words: easy, mm-hmm. email, Oop. newsletters. Boom, boom. Mm-hmm. It you you want to go in and you want to send a newsletter, but it's not that easy. You think, well, I'll just use something simple. I'll maybe do sir, a little HTML. Uh, it's not that uh, easy. Uh, sir, mailman. Uh, 
It's not that uh, easy, Merlin. Build from source. Uh, <laughs> it's not that easy. It's not. And, and here's and here's it's, something. It's certainly, it's certainly not that fun. It's not <laughs> it fun. Have a monkey. And here's what people don't think about. They get people get very caught up, especially in the Apple centric world. We know a lot of our listeners enjoy the Apple products. Not everything that you do is going to be received by people who live in the same world that you live in. There are a lot of people who are using something like uh, Outlook or out, you know, tons of other mail clients. I don't even know what they are anymore. That you have no clue what this email that looks beautiful in the you know, latest, greatest version of Mail app that you have running on your latest, greatest Mac. It's not going to look like that. MailChimp has tools that help you know what the email newsletter that you're composing will look like. Oh, you don't want to go through that trouble? They have tons of these awesome templates or templates, as you say, that look really, really great and are designed by professional designers who know all the pitfalls of designing a successful newsletter campaign and what goes into it. They have the tools that help you put this stuff together. They have tools that will automatically convert your HTML uh, newsletter that you worked so hard on to an, a plain text version so that people who you know read their email with links at the command line, whatever... It'll look great for them, too. All of these tools are built in. They have amazing integration with tons of different services. And they even have something called MailChimp Mobile, which lets you see who's gotten the email, what percentage of people opened the email already, what percentage of people uh, bounced on the email addresses, who's unsubscribed, who new subscribers. It's all there. It's a complete package. And it's... Uh, and the integrations are amazing, though. I mean, really I, I, like I say, as you'll find out in a minute, I finally had a an opportunity and a reason to go in and look at all this, and it's it's pretty crazy. If you are going to do this for, I, I want to take a different angle, but when I, in my part of this, but but for what Dan's saying, uh, if you are doing this for actual working Mick business, like this is this is where to go because it's all in there. You can integrate this with so many different things. If you want to charge for that, that's a that's a tick. You just tick this off, and you can charge for this if that's the kind of thing you want to do. If you're going to give people financial advice or something, I guess. But um, there are innumerable options for doing all kinds of things and you know if you're like a tracking kind of person there are all kinds of ways to find out you can do like can't you do a b split testing and stuff like that you sure can but here's the other thing now this got me thinking because it was a week or two ago we started talking about dave pell's thing um there's like there's like probably in the last three or four months there's like three different email newsletters i've signed up for i don't know why i love it so much but i love getting an email every day i end up like sending it to an rss reader sometimes or sending it to like instapaper but i really like these little compact newsletters that are just a little bit of fun and i think it's a medium that you can actually use for fun stuff uh and that's been a little bit missed in the past you yeah. know what i mean yeah i think about when i when i very first got my o'reilly book about how to use the internet back in the day I uh, I remember I started, I didn't get Usenet back then, if it existed, which it doesn't and didn't. Um, but I didn't have that. Uh, you know what I did? I did listservs, like the major domo type things. I would sign up for these amazing lists. I was on the Chalk Hills, what was it? Uh, that uh, Chalk Hills XTC list. I was on this one where you would describe meals that you were having. Like No, but you would like take people out to lunch by describing your community. There are these great things back in the day. Um, I don't know. Everything ends up in email. So, I mean, there are practical reasons for this, but you can also have fun with this. And that's why I would today, I'm going to put this on Twitter right now. I would like to officially announce the beginning of our new Back to Work newsletter. Dan, what's the title of our newsletter? I want you to say it. It won't be complete if I'm the one that says it. You must bulk say this. Bag. Bulk bag. You can now sign up for bulk bag. Uh, and uh, you're just signing up today, but starting uh, with next week's episode, we will be for, uh, we're not going to overcommit. 
but 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 at least for a few weeks to to start, uh, we are going to have. Uh, well, I haven't told you this, Dan, but you know what the the, the so it's called Back to Work's bulk bag. Back to Work's bulk bag. It's all in caps. Right. And do you know what the subhead is? What is the subhead? Literally unique internet content from Dan and Merlin. And so uh, once a week, probably on the day that the show goes out, you are going to get, if you sign up for this, you are going to get a very special uh, newsletter from us w- containing unique content, containing things you will not find somewhere else. And I, I want to give you a flavor. I don't want to overcommit, but should I tell them what the, what the feature for the first one is? I shouldn't tell him. I should let him wait. You should let him wait. I should let him wait. It's corrections with Carl Van Hoot. Um, <laughs> technically, it's Erm S- Corrections So uh, by Carl Van Hoot, uh, who, who has a, a doctorate in engineering. Um, <laughs> but you're going to get literally unique content in this. It's not going to overwhelm you. You're going to get this once a week. It's going to be fun stuff. And it's things we're going to talk about on the show. Um, and like all of our platform stuff, we're going to let this evolve and become what it's going to become. But we're very excited about it. And we're excited to be doing it with MailChimp that they're sponsoring it. And, uh, you know, there could potentially be things like an Ask Bluetooth column uh, where you'd be able to write in and ask questions to Bluetooth. Uh, but these are the kinds of things you can look forward to because we're going to make this newsletter fun. And, um, and so uh, we want to thank our friends at, at MailChimp for that. Is there anything else you want to add in at this point? I mean, I guess I'm saying I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this as a thing and it's going to be fun. Because, you know, back in the day, it used to be you get the newsletter and it was just some kind of hobbled version of, of like another thing. But I love the idea that this could be something... Um, that's its own platform. I was saying to my lady yesterday, this is apropos of nothing. This is technically not part of the uh, bit, but it, it really drives me crazy, especially with comics. The people like throw away how awesome the platform is the web, of the web is by just using it for merely for PR. It's certainly great for PR, but like there aren't that many people like comics that are like funny on Twitter. There are some, but it's yeah. mostly like, hey, I'm going to be at the JJ Giggles work down in Reseda. <laughs> a little, a little self-promotional at, maybe. Down at Hannah McLaughington's with Johnny Bowtie. <laughs> it's a 75 drink minimum. Then I'm going to be out at Ronald McSchmonald's. Mm-hmm. That's that. That used to be that. It used to be the Giggle Hut. Then it was the Guffaw Factory. You know, but this is a whole. You can do stuff with this. You could make things that are funny or entertaining in that medium. So that's what this is going to be. Now I really overcommitted. Yeah, Ba-ba. this sound. You've really. I mean, there's a really weird Earl for this. So the, I put in one. This is going to be in show notes. And if I can get the CMS to work right, there'll be a sign up on the uh, page for this. Dan, where can people go to show notes for this episode? The, the best way to do this. Anytime you want to see the links that Merlin carefully, you know, he he spends a lot of time adding them and organizing. I really have, I really have a job. Five by five TV slash B two W for this show slash and in this case it's slash 64 because this is the 64th episode and that's what you do go there the links will be in there you click them and uh don't you have you have so you have actually have put the sign up form you've embedded it as they say yeah i did read it right on the page we'll see you're gonna have to tell me if if it works well yeah uh, because the preview thing and all that you keep saying yeah now here's the deal um uh, you can sign up for this. You can unsign up for this. <laughs> this is uh, this is why I like this. People say, oh, Marilyn, aren't you like the hate email guy? Well, yeah, I, I am the hate email guy. You know why I hate email? Because it doesn't have a button I can click to never see that person's stuff again. <laughs> if you sign up for this and don't want to see it again, you click a button. Ask me, Dan, ask me how butt hurt I'll be. How, will, how hurt will you be? My butt will not be hurt. I don't understand the question. No, it's true. This is the beauty of this. So anyway, we're, uh, we're selling past the close here. But this is MailChimp.com. Uh, newsletters not only can be fun, uh, but they are really fun. You know what I love is that like they're all of their messages. I'm sure you've seen this when you're setting up newsletters. Again, I'm just being dead honest. I've never had like a super big reason to use it. I just love Mark and I like MailChimp. But uh, it's really fun to use. 
And it has all these really great, like, not error messages, but you know, like, it's really funny. But you know what's cool is you notice there's a bit you can flip to turn off the MailChimp humor. Yes, you can. And if you don't, <laughs> if you don't like it or if that bothers you, you can get rid of it. But it's, it, it's, it's really fun and it's a thrill to do. Oh, you know, we should mention one more thing, Dan. Can I mention one more thing? Yeah, of course. Your show. Before we, before before we, I don't care. Mm, mm, it's your mm. show. God, I thought we really were going somewhere. I thought we really had a thing going on. Mm-hmm. I, um, I am not an artist. I don't know how to draw things when I draw things. Uh, gosh, it looks like it's like a, it's like a fudge cave drawing. It doesn't even look like anything. I think I don't understand. <laughs> what, is a, what is a fudge cave? Fudge cave is a place the paleo people used to That's go where they would go. by the fire and enjoy their corn. Okay. What you call maize. I can't draw. And um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crowdsource this. If you would like to um, design the header for our newsletter. Is it okay for me to do this? I love this idea. This is really If you good. are interested in doing this, here's your opportunity. You could create the header for the bulk bag email newsletter. I am actually open to the idea of using more than one of these. So if they're really good, we might change it every week. If one of them clearly dominates, we might stick with that. I have no idea what a bulk bag looks like. I discovered where you can go and buy bulk bags. I've seen candy, but I can't draw. I have a copy of Acorn that I used to use to make uh, uh, Bende drawings with to put on Roderick on the line. But I don't know how to draw, so here's the thing. If you would like to make the header for the Bulk Bag newsletter, here's what you do. You go make it. It should be 600 pixels wide and theoretically any height, but I'm going to say, what, about 200 high? You think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's safe. So go make a, a 600 by 200 pixel thing that you think represents... And don't make it dirty because we can't use that. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to be. And it, it could say whatever you want on it, but it should say "back to work" in bulk bag. I'm calling it "back back to work" bulk bag. All in caps bulk. If you care about this, you'll follow these links and figure it out. If you don't, you shouldn't be listening to this. Shame on you. But that's what we need. We need you to do that. And then, I, I, is there any way to do this besides? I don't know hashtags. I think hashtags are the only way to do this. Yeah, I think hashtags are probably the best way to do it because th- that way it's not directed at just Marilyn or just me, and, and no one person is. The whole internet can contribute that way. Yeah, I read in the social media uh, for dummies that you should make people do hashtags. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. let's do them. Yeah, we should sponsor some toots. That's what we should do. You want to sponsor some toots? Yeah, let's what, see what if they, we can get sponsored. What, what, what do you pay to sponsor a toot? hundred bucks. hundred bucks. I should do that thing where like, I get people, they, they pay me to talk about Cristal. Mm. Is that her name? What's the one from Dynasty? I think you're thinking, thinking of, of Dallas. Dallas. With, uh, who shot Jay? Dal- Dallas, the guy from, uh, from Vimeo? Mm-hmm. Okay. Hour six. Here's the thing. We need a header. I can't draw. I tried. I spent, I spent, I spent, I spent half a day trying to find a picture for Van Hoot. I'm exhausted. And so I, I need you to make this for me. Five back to works, bulk bag. Um, and uh, if, you, if you make that, you can put it anywhere you want. <laughs> and then, uh, 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 I'm sorry, this is a little social networking. Link to it and with the bulk bag, pound bulk bag. That's the only way we'll find it. Don't email us. Does that work for you, Dan? Yes. And that'll be out. Uh, that'll be out next week. We'll do this for at least four weeks, uh, probably more. We don't want to overcommit, but uh, I think we've talked enough. Okay. How long are we going here? Oh, well, that's not bad. We still got plenty of time. Yeah, we got time. We've done like uh, we've done like point seven five Syracuse so far. Yeah. Anyway, we're very happy to be working with our pal Mark again, and um, you know, I, I hope you'll you'll try out Mailchimp. Uh, doesn't Mailchimp have? Does they have a freebie deal? Oh they yeah, free. yeah. I've I mean, had a freebie deal this whole time. No, the Mailchimp is all about free stuff. I mean, obviously, you you can't have free no matter what you're doing. But the way that it Maybe starts free, out, free as in chimps is what Stallman says. Free as in chimps. Mm-hmm. You got free as in beer. You got you got you got free as in speech. Okay, I know. You those. got free as free free as in Freemasons, right? Okay. Uh, you you got you got free as in uh, uh, chimps. 
Well, what they have, their definition of free is the, they have this forever free plan. You can send up to 12,000 emails per month. 12,000. No contracts, no credit cards. That's it. That's the deal. Now, if will, you, salesman, if, will salesman call? You will not get called. You will not get solicited. You don't need to give them a credit card, nothing. Now, if you, if you start going, you know, doing more uh, than that, uh, then, yeah, maybe then you, you, know, you get 50,000 subscribers. You're going to be spending some money. They also have a, like a pay-as-you-go plan, too. So well, it's this, very flexible. This is how advertising works. I read about this on Wikipedia. This is how advertising works. Advertising works like this. You go out and you try and get people to use stuff, you know, because people pay you money to talk about it. Right. Well, this is stuff, like Dan's been using the MailChimp forever. Uh, I, you know, I, uh, MailChimp, like uh, we wrote, I wrote a song, songs about Dan because I'm MailChimp. So yeah, Mail, MailChimp, let me just, let's be honest here. These guys have the best email newsletter thing that you're going to find. Uh, but they're also really awesome supporters of the show. So I, I, you know, I don't mean to sound like I'm dunning you, but I, I hope you'll check them out because like, like a lot of these folks, they, they are the reason that we can do what we do and they're super nice to us and they, they literally paid us to write a rock opera about Dan. So, you know, you not, gotta get not all bad. Up. Not, they're not all bad. <laughs> Have you, do you know of anything that, that Mark has done that, that you would consider unsavory? No, I like Mark a lot. Very there. I have a cool picture of him that for a long time it was so cool that I I would just uh, make it my desktop background of him wearing these cool sunglasses and doing like a thumbs up thing like Paul Newman. <laughs> he, I, you could ask him, email him to see it, and he'll he'll dig it up for you. He They're won't not white, are they? They're not white sunglasses. No, no, regular sunglasses. I got a problem with white sunglasses. You know what I like? I like when Fur puts his thumb up and it goes ding. <laughs> our thanks uh, to our friends at uh, Mailchimp, Mailchimp dot com uh, for supporting Five by Five and Back to Work. Yes, yes, I am. Hey, you know, you're the one who got me started on that. And I got, I got, she got some. Oh, I'll send you a photo. I got some Perry jammies at the Disney store. We got Perry jammies. Mm-hmm. Perry jammies. It's got his big. It's got the. See now, here's the thing. She likes Agent P, but I like I like Perry the pet. Yeah, you were saying that. Yeah, but it's, so it's, she she got Agent P jammies. The whole front of it, it, it looks like it's got an Agent P face on it. Oh no, I've seen that. Oh my God. It's pretty cool. Man, if you don't like your kid, put him in some Perry jammies. You just, your heart warms right up. You could put up with so much more if they were If you don't jammies. like your kid. Not me. I'm talking about you. It's the, uh, it's the radio you. Oh, I get it. This is like radio, right? How do you explain this to people? I always say it's like radio for the internet. It is. It's radio on the internet. That's what, what I tell people when they ask what I do. Live transmission. You can't see me, but I'm doing my Ian Curtis dance. I can I actually. I can see you. Radio. I do a pretty good Ian Curtis dance. I don't know if you've ever seen it. I, I didn't. Didn't somebody take a video of that once? I made a video of myself, uh, yeah, dancing to to New Order, and then I did a little Ian Curtis at the end. It's a pretty good dance. You should see my hips move. I'll put it up on the uh, on the internet. I think um, um, to try and summarize this, yeah. I, I think there is absolutely. Or as they say on Tim and Eric, absolutely nothing wrong with doing what you love. It's a great thing. But like so many of these things, boy, that can really become a hell of a pinata to hit. Mm. If, if, especially if you don't have a pinata, you don't have a bat, and you don't have a tree. Like that's going to be really tough. Here's the thing, Dan. I'm, Amera, I'm ready. Necesita pinata. All right. It's the numero uno. I need to go to a clinic. I ate a galette. I have like a 20th of a galette left. I think that stuff is fine. We're not even getting into the whole thing of like, will somebody pay you for this? We're getting into it a, a little bit. But like maybe one reason people aren't 
paying you for doing what you love is that maybe it's not that great or maybe you don't love it enough. If, if you're not doing what you love and you have a path to doing what you love, that is so great. But that can become like one of the hugest barriers. It keeps you stuck in the past. It keeps you feeling all mopey. You know what I mean? I, and again, I was talking to Dee Sparks about this. You know, we have these kind of regular man calls. And uh, where he was talking about something where you ever have days where it just goes great. You just have days. I have days sometimes where I, I get a, I get a ton done before eight in the morning. No, it's the best. I, it's, the best. it's the best. And like, you know, maybe I, I wrote a bunch that I like and stuff. Uh, those are really, really great days. And it's completely exhilarating when you have that day and a little bit dispiriting when you realize you can't do it every day. Some people, some people are better than others. The whole reason I get into this racket is trying to find more days like that. But it's, it's, it's this wonderful feeling of like when you feel like you got a little bit of a goose and you, you got your game on and you suddenly feel like weirdly capable about what you can do. And on a day like that, that's a great day to think more about how you get close to doing what you love. The problem is a lot of us spend that time thinking about doing what we love when we're sitting like with our career in our hand and we're feeling sad and we're feeling down. And if you spend too many days ruminating over that on those kinds of days, that starts to feel, oh God, like that... uh, I'm going to make a reference to a musical. <laughs> you know, Meet Me in St. Louis, that song. <laughs> it's a terrible musical. But you know that song, uh, you know, um, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. People love to sit around and go, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. But if you watch the movie, you realize it's the most depressing song in the world. Because it's it's this song about being away from what you love. Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, uh, you know, Maybe next year, basically, right? Like maybe this will be better next time. Hmm. And if we spend our time in Judy Garland mode, hmm, like just sitting around being kind of being kind of sad. She was not a very happy person, you know. They had lots of pills then, but not always ones that helped. And uh, I, I feel like starting to think about the platform is what gets you moving in the right direction. Because part of the problem with the career fixation or the job fixation—not that this is bad for everybody—but if you're not getting where you want to be, think about this. Think about that linear nature. Of, of that kind of thinking where right. you're a dot on this relatively straight line. Like from where you stand right now, the past makes total sense, right? It may make total sense. You at least let's put it this way. It may not, you may not make you happy, but you have an explanation for everything that's happened up till now to where you can make that seem like a straight line between any two points. You can, if you choose to, maybe you see some zigs and zags, but somehow you got where you are. Well, in some ways that doesn't, none of that matters. There's not that, there's not a whole lot you can change about the past, Right, you know, unless you can go into the Jedi archives and like remove the planet, but that's going to be really hard to do unless you know the librarian and have like an R two unit. It's an astromech droid. What matters a lot more is like is like what you can learn from that and what you can do to to leverage that on the platform, which is two douche words in one sentence. But if you're if you're (laughs) if you're trying to do more of what you love, it helps to be honest about what it is that you really love and what you really do, and and just to to cap off, uh, finally the end of last week's episode, um, what are some things you can do? Well, I think one of those things is to start hanging out with smarter and more interesting people. Uh, boy, it can just, it gets you out of the house. You, maybe you just go and have a beer with somebody or a paleo coffee, but just go out and meet some people and talk to them about what they're doing. It is so invigorating to get out of your funk. It just feels so great. And the other thing is, another thing you can do is, is a la, I don't know if a version of this is still up. We'll try to find it. But a la that John Cleese thing, like give yourself some permission and some space to do some stuff that's not what you're doing now, as much as you can handle it. Um, you know, I, I, 
finally, the, the, the whole like, if you do what you love, the money will take care of itself. I don't know 40 people that that's true for. Mm. I know a couple people that that's true for, but a lot of those people are deeply, deeply talented people uh, who had a platform. A lot of that stuff that suddenly seems to be like a career in happiness, like meant a lot of really, really hard work, keeping your eyes open and doing all the things that we're talking about. All those overnight successes that you see uh, frequently had a lot of nights before them that were not successful. And that's, that's I think, what it takes. And, and, and then and finally, very, very, very last thing, like maybe is there a way that you could be satisfied with not doing what you love all the time? Because doing and making the things that you love can be a total pain in the ass. It is really, really hard to do and make high quality work all the time. It is really, really hard to suffer the people that you have to be around on a team to make and do things that you love. These are things you have to think about. If you can just sit there with your hammer making birdhouses, well, yes, absolutely. Keep trying to make a better and better birdhouse and maybe someday you'll have a ranch-style home. But, but in the meantime, you have to also accept that there are numerous way stations between here and this notional thing of what you love. And I would say to start making something as in the current life right now, making and doing things you like, like one of the best things you could do today is to let go of that illusion that that's ever going to arrive. And on that upbeat note... Yeah, about really. Life? <laughs> Hi. Are you dysthymic? Depressed? Sad? Maybe a little mopey? Don't listen to this episode. <laughs> Showroom shine. I love you. I love you too, Merlin, man.